Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I don't like to start things off on a negative, but we do need to talk about something that went down not last night, it was the night before. It was a big thing in regards to NXT because our NXT champion got beaten in like two minutes. Not even two minutes, less than two minutes. It was like one minute 40, he got rolled up by Jeff Hardy on Monday Night Raw. It was pretty sad, wasn't it? Look, we've got nothing against Jeff Hardy. We love him. No more words. That's all great. But Karrion Cross was undefeated on NXT, beating everybody. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor twice. All these guys now look like goobers because he got rolled up. He got tricked pretty much on his first night on the main roster. Now everyone watching NXT will just think, well, you big guy that's battered everyone gets tricked really easily. He's not very good. So it makes the belt look stupid. It makes all those people who got beaten before look stupid. And it makes Cross look stupid. And I feel stupid for reviewing this show. Everyone just feels stupid. That's not a good way to start things off. But we're not going to get too hung up on that just yet because we've got loads of other stuff that we need to talk about from last night's NXT, including an NXT Women's Championship match. It was a biggie. So without further ado, I am Gareth here from What Culture Wrestling. And these are the ups and downs for this week's NXT. Honestly, it's quite easy to forget in all this madness of all the stuff that went on with Karrion Cross a couple of days ago that before that, everyone was talking about him choking out Samoa Joe last week. That was the big narrative. Oh my God, he provoked Joe. What are we going to do? What's Joe going to do? Well, we got an answer because he came down to the ring straight away, Samoa Joe, and he was like, Karrion, Karrion, I'm going to kick your ass, Karrion. More specifically, he said, TikTok, TikTok, guess who's come to smash your clock? Straight away, Regal was having none of this. He came out and he was like, no, this this is not what I brought you here to do. You're not going to go and beat up random people. You're not a performer. You're an enforcer. And then they just started bickering. Regal was like, you're a referee. He didn't provoke you as a management. He provoked you as a referee. And Joe was like, this is just technicalities. Technicalities are not going to keep carrying cross from these hands. He's not Braun Strowman, but you get the point. This entire bit was just then signed off by Samoa Joe saying that all of it, all the chaos between him and Cross was going to be ended tonight. And one of them was going to get put to sleep or more specifically somebody was going to get put to sleep so maybe you can see where this is going maybe not but Joe just being riled up all this madness at the start it gets a little bit of an up because I was a bit excited 
We then jumped to a video package of Zia Lee being like this match that I've got tonight, this main event match for the NXT Women's Championship. It's the biggest match of my life, and I'm going to kick Raquel Gonzalez's ass. And you know what? I would not put it past that fiery lady. It was time for tag team action, and the Diamond Mine were taking on Bobby Fish and Kushida. And if you've been watching NXT over the last couple of weeks, you'll know the Diamond Mine have been terrorizing the likes of Bobby Fish and Kushida. So now is the time to get some revenge in the match. The match was pretty damn good. It's going to get an up. Because, quite simply put, Tyler Rust, Roderick Strong, Kushida and Bobby Fish are four of the best technical wrestlers on the roster right now, so they were never going to have a bad match. You had Fish just using Roderick Strong as like his own personal knee pad. He was kneeing the absolute hell out of him. And then there was a moment where Rust and Kushida put together like a sequence of kicks, of reversals. It was like a transition into an ankle lock and like a jumping net breaker. It was really good. It was really smooth. I think Tyler Rust, I think he's got something, you know, but that may be proven to be a bit contradictory when we get Get to the finish. Because after Bobby Fish, who'd also been fish hooked earlier in the night, after he'd tackled his old UE buddy Roderick Strong out of the ring, they were out of the equation. So Kushida isolated Tyler Rust's elbow. When you do that and anywhere on the arm, you know it's only a matter of time before the hoverboard lock gets locked in, and it did, and it happened, and Tyler Rust tapped out. It was pretty much inevitable at that point, but it does leave me with a few questions going forward. Because Diamond Mines still feel like a fairly new element on this NXT show. They've had a couple of decent wins, but this was the first real big hurdle that they had in front of them and they fell at it. Maybe this is the moment where Tyler Rust gets exposed and the team turn in on him and maybe even out him from the diamond mind or they can look inwards to improve and just turn him into this big old badass. That could be another route we could go down. I'm very interested to see where we go next. Jump to LA Knight and Cameron Grimes arriving at the CWC. They're in LA Knight's car is Corvette and they were bickering about the route that they'd taken to the CWC. They'd apparently taken too long to get there and then Cameron Grimes was told to go and get the bags out of LA Knight's car and then Drake Maverick just thought you know what I'm gonna help this guy because I'm a nice dude but that got him absolutely nowhere because LA Knight just squared up to him said hey that's not your job he's the butler I've made him be my butler so me and you we're gonna have a match later on really cool announcement after this we are gonna get NXT TakeOver 36 and for what I believe is the first time ever it's gonna be after a main roster show so we're gonna have SummerSlam on Saturday the 21st of August then NXT TakeOver 36 they've obviously just ran out of cool names again they're gonna have that on the Sunday so that's gonna be really cool really unique it might even make NXT TakeOver feel bigger than SummerSlam Slam, though I doubt it because SummerSlam's in a big stadium, but it's still pretty cool. It's getting up. Odyssey Jones had a quick promo video. It just showed him battering people, really. Just showed him splatting people, running through people. And if you listen to the word on the grapevine right now, it is that Odyssey Jones is being considered potentially for a call-up to the main roster. Really quick call-up because he's had a few dark matches of Raw and SmackDown. So maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but we're going to see him in action later on in the breakout tournament. Cut to Samoa Joe pacing backstage and he was waiting for Karrion Cross because he was determined to be the first man to meet him because Samoa Dorman is the gimmick we're going with now. We had Frankie Monet in action. Thank goodness, thank the Lord. She was on the show last night. She was taking on JC Jane in a match and the match itself is going to get a nice up for everything that it achieved in Little Isolation. But Frankie Monet did not get things her own way. Not like the way, it just was Monet not getting her way. That was a weird tangent. She did make her way down to the ring with Jessica May. She was like a new sidekick and Robert Stone just showed up later on, kind of unannounced and a little bit unwanted. But JC Jane was determined to make this night all about her. She did like a flying into Gary, into a pump kick and it was looking pretty good for her. And then Mandy Rose just popped up and she started lying on the announce desk. She just lay there. She was like, I'm going to watch this match and do some scouting. We don't know what the scouting's for. It could be for a new super team. It could just be for a new group of people to play Warzone with her. 
We don't know. Mandy Rose lying on said announce desk seemed to distract JC Jane though, because she was trying to show off, she was trying to get in Mandy Rose's good books, whatever they are, and that opened the door for a glam slam from Frankie Monet. She won the match, which is really good for that new faction. It makes them look really strong. Frankie Monet keeps climbing to the top of this mountain, but we still know wiser and we have no real knowledge as to why Mandy Rose has just jumped back to NXT and what the hell she's doing it. We had a quick backstage interview. It was Johnny Gargano talking about how he was dealing with his loss to Karrion Cross last week, and he said he's he's been all right. He's been okay. He's a bit underwhelmed, obviously. And then Kyle O'Reilly came into frame and he was like, right, I've heard you boys have been saying a lot of crap about me. I'm not happy about it. Johnny was like, I didn't say anything. And Austin Theory was like, sorry, that was me. I have a really big mouth. So O'Reilly challenged Thick Theory to a match. And that is exactly what was going to go down later on in the night. And then Johnny just turned to Austin. And he was like, sorry, man, you, you got to kind of deal with this yourself. I dealt with carrying Cross while well, trying to deal with carrying Cross last week on my own. So you've got to follow in my footsteps. Believe in yourself. And then he spanked him and left. And the spank was just enough to make this stupid idiot giggle. So we're going to bring that up. We get a 63% on the Gargano meter this week because I'm a fool. Another quick announcement. NXT is going to be moving over to sci-fi for two weeks only. And it may or may not have something to do with like a tiny little festival sports thing known as the Olympics. Yep, I've never heard of it either. Wade Barrett once again was backstage having a sit-down interview with a wrestler, but this time I really enjoyed it, whereas last week I didn't like the whole Kyle O'Reilly one. I really enjoyed Bronson Reed just bearing his soul a little bit and explaining why he wants a piece of Adam Cole so it's going to get an up. Honestly, it's not every day you see a wrestler who's that big and that powerful and that dominant just be empathetic and be a babyface. He was like, I let everyone down who'd supported me for so many years when I lost my belt, so I want to take on the best now. I want to improve myself, and Adam Cole is the best of the best, and that's why I want to fight him. Sometimes it is just that simple. Reed wants to fight Cole, let them fight. It's going to be the main event next week, and I am excited. Like we said earlier, Austin Theory was set to take on Kyle O'Reilly. That's what happened next. The match itself is going to get a massive up. It was not just upworthy, though. This, this was yellow highlighter of the week. Up, worthy, a bull. Mostly because I really like Austin Theory's new music. I'm stupid, I know. No, to be honest, that was a lie. I really enjoyed the match. Like, the music was great, but the match itself, it told a really cool story because you had Austin Theory finally starting to show his maturity and starting to show that he was becoming his own performer, that he didn't have the way there to help him, to back him up. And he overpowered Kyle O'Reilly pretty early on. He kept stuffing takedowns. He even had a bit of domination on the floor against Mr. BJJ Grapple Master, Cool Kyle. But before long, Kyle started to use his intelligence, his uh, in-ring IQ, you could say, and he suddenly got in a position where he could sarcastically slap Austin Theory in the face, he threw him out of the ring, and then it happened! I want it! Look, I can't even get too excited today because I am so hot, I am so sweaty, alright, and the sight of ice cream when it's this damn hot should be illegal, okay? I saw it, the DQ ice cream with the cookie dough and the vanilla, and it just looks so good. And I couldn't eat it because I was busy watching the show. So I don't just want it, I need it. I want it. And like I said, it was just more of the same after this. Austin Theory started to push back against O'Reilly. He did like a jumping netbreaker, but then he went for a drop kick and got caught in midair by O'Reilly, hitting this weird kind of transitioned knee bar onto the ground. It was mad. It was great. These two have such unexpected chemistry. But then oh, Austin Theory, he did just show a little bit of inexperience because out of nowhere, he decided to just pull the steps apart and expose the steel steps because he was going to use them and probably disqualify himself in the match. And this 
suddenly really ticked off Kyle O'Reilly. And you remember that obviously, yeah, he was put out of action because he got brain busted on some steel steps. He saw the steps being exposed and he was like, you're not gonna do this to me again. And he went Super Saiyan. It was intense. He went on a Muay Thai frenzy. He started kneeing, kicking, just obliterating the legs and knee of Austin Theory. Got him on the floor, did his flying knee onto his knee and then hit a knee bar. Tapped out Austin Theory, but then he just refused to let go. Kyle O'Reilly snapped. He's now officially crazy with a K, Kyle. I really like this. I like the new angle where we're going with Kyle and I cannot wait to see which stupid idiot decides to expose those steel steps again. We jump to a backstage interview with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai talking to Mackenzie Mitchell. Mackenzie Mitchell was like, oh, how are you going to cope with Zia Lee? And she was like, well, everybody thinks they can cope with me and thinks they can beat me until they get in the ring with me. And then I whoop their asses. I'm not scared of the kicks. I'm not scared of Mei Ying. And well... I am, so I don't know what the hell she's thinking, because they are terrifying. Have you seen her? She breathes green mist, and Xia is known to knock people out. Cannot believe these words are coming out of my mouth this week, but we had the Mariachi Madness Musical segment after this. It is so getting it up. Now look, I hate to break it to you, but the actual Mariachi Madness Musical, or the M's, did not actually happen, because Santos Escobar loves to swerve us and break our damn hearts. But what it leads to was just as good, to be honest, because he started ripping into Hit Row. He's like, I'm not as pathetic as them. Going to come out here and play music to all you stupid people. So Hit Row came out, and they just cut the best rap. They just cut an incredible rap on Legado, just died, just knocking him down, saying they're really small. And then I, I like the little, little detail of story that was Isaiah Swerve Scott saying that he started up a group after he constantly failed against Legado to get the Cruiserweight Championship because they had the numbers game, that all-important numbers game, so it was a little bit of long-term storytelling. Who'd have thunk it? The two teams then started to brawl until it was Escobar and Swerve stood in the middle of the ring. They were just going down, they were throwing down, and Escobar went to smack Swerve with a guitar, but B-Fab stopped him. She grabbed the guitar off him, gave it to Swerve, Escobar fled, so Swerve just started smacking, I believe it was Raul Mendoza, who just pulverized him in the middle of the ring with the guitar, so message sent really, and it's quite admirable that they've somehow managed to make this feud, which happened a lot last year, let's be honest, it was done to death last year, they managed to make this feud now feel pretty cool and pretty fresh, and I cannot wait to see it happen. Maybe in 12 months' time, another 12 months' time, these two can fight over the NXT Championship. Let it be! The way we're then stressing out backstage, they were like, ah, everything's going to crap, we keep losing matches, and Indy Hartwell was like, no, stop it, can this the race, stop ripping us all down. If Austin Theory wants to go and kiss Dexter Loomis, he can. And Theory just kind of responded like me, I was like, what? Really heartbreakingly as well, Austin Theory went to do the no-look high-five with the family, like with Johnny, and everyone ignored him. And he was like, guys, we're a family, and everyone ignored him. So he walked off with these bags, and is this the end? Is this the end of the way? Just just like that? Don't, no, 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 don't stop it. Cut backstage to Samoa Joe, who was still pacing. Yeah, this is, this is a show-long thing. He's going to be there for a while. Breakout tournament action after this. It was Andre Chase taking on Odyssey Jones, who did his little promo thing earlier in the night. And you could kind of see where it was going. Like, Odyssey Jones is the guy with all the momentum behind him. is the guy that everyone keeps singing praises about. But Andre Chase, he got a few licks in, didn't he? The match deserves an up, so it's going to get an up because I really enjoyed the fact that Andre Chase was using his intelligence to cut down Odyssey Jones on the outside of the ring. He then hit a picture-perfect moonsault as well. But all this came after like a botched dive thing where Odyssey Jones just didn't really catch Chase as he should. He landed on his head and his neck and it was a bit like, ugh, I didn't like that. But that was fine because we carried on with the match. Odyssey Jones hit a splash in the corner and then like an altered rock bottom thing. We like threw him into the ropes, caught him and then did a rock bottom. He won the match. He was always going to win the match. And it 
it's not hard to see why everyone's got so much stock in him because he looks like a guy that should not be able to move as fast as he does for a guy of his size he's very powerful the former college football player could go far we finally found out what msk meant after this but we didn't because just as they were going to tell us in a backstage interview imperium cut in with like a pre-recorded message and they were like the mat is sacred everyone else you're all fools and then when we cut back they'd already said the story and we didn't find out so i got really upset but msk versus imperium is probably going to be a really good match so a little shining light but i need to know what this means Pete Dunne and Oni Larkin set up the match, which is inevitably going to happen between Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. And that was pretty much it. They were like, do you want a scrap? Let's have a scrap. We're going to have a scrap. We finally got that LA Knight versus Drake Maverick match that was set up way earlier on in the show. We got the match. That's going to get an up, but mostly because of what happened after it. But I'll explain. Because LA Knight was mostly just distracted by the way Cameron Grimes was holding his belt. He wanted him to hold it a specific way. In the end, he got drop kicked into the belt and rolled up by Drake Maverick for the shock underdog win. Woohoo! But after this, LA Knight got really angry started beating up Maverick and then ordered Grimes to hit him. You don't want to hit Drake Maverick. Everyone's like, no, don't do it, Grimes. It looked like he wasn't going to do it. It looked like he was going to fight LA Knight instead and just go, I'm sick of being a butler. But that's not what happened. He remembered his obligations. He's an honourable man and he... He punched Drake Maverick and it was really sad and it was really heartbreaking, but it means that this story continues for much longer and it means we've added more fire to the flames that will roar Cameron Grimes to the top of the mountain. Can you see I'm invested? And then Samoa Joe went into a car because he saw a car pull up and he pulled out the wrong ball guy. And that is something what happens a lot. It happened to me last week. I got dragged out of the car by Samoa Joe. I was like, no, I'm not carrying cross. He went, oh, ran off. That always happens. It's a thing. But this ball guy did announce that carrying cross was at the CWC. He'd already Snug his way in. Then out of nowhere, it was the main event of the evening. It was Raquel Gonzalez defending her NXT Women's Championship against Zia Lee. This match was really good. It's going to get an up. It's just a shame about the damn ending. Because I really love Zia Lee's tactics in this match. She suckered in Raquel Gonzalez for a big boot on the post. She then dissected a knee like she was some kind of surgeon. It was marvellous to watch. I really enjoyed it. But then as Gonzalez fight herself back into the match, she hit like a dropkick that I thought nearly took off Zia Lee's head. And I was like, whew. It's not going to get more violent than that. But then he did, because Gonzalez hit like a spinning senton onto Lee that looked really stiff. It was a bit too stiff, and it like took the wind clean out of Lee, and it looked like she really injured her chest at one point. All the medical staff came in, the ref was like, no, back up, we need to really take a look at her. And it was pretty serious, and it took all the wind out of the match. It added maybe a little bit of tension, because you were like, oh, no, Raquel Gonzalez, she's really such a genuine badass, but nobody likes seeing people genuinely get hurt in the ring, so that was a bit sad. Thankfully, Zia Lee is said to be okay now backstage, like the reports are that she's is fine but it just it was just a bit sad because this was a big moment a big nxt women's championship match and it was just a bit overshadowed by the fact she got battered and just splatted on the floor it's not not cool we didn't like that but i'd be more than happy to see them have a match again later down the line because these two they got some pretty cool chemistry samoa joe was just not in the mood after this he stormed out got into the ring and he was like carrion where the hell are you i've been looking for you all night i know you're here now let's have a fight i need to kick your ass he finally appeared on the big screen he was like this is my world the fact to have this championship means I can go wherever I want, I can do whatever I want, I can hurt whoever I want. And the camera panned down to William Regal. He choked out an old man on the floor, he was passed out, some Joe. then tried to chase him out of the arena, he drove off, and it was all just a bit... Ugh, lackluster. Bit sad for me. I didn't like it, so it's all going to down. And it's mostly for all the reasons that I mentioned at the very beginning of the video, because the NXT Championship had some serious damage done to it, and carrying cross on Raw, so we needed to really salvage both of those things.
things on the next NXT, but we didn't. We had the champion arrive right at the end of the show and beat up an old man. He's oh, he's very impressive, isn't he? It just didn't it didn't work. Like I felt like I wanted to see more of Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is the one who came off looking like the badass in all this. Karrion Cross just looked like some dude who's scared of fighting Samoa Joe. It wasn't a good look. Hopefully the eventual match with Joe helps to rebuild this aura that Cross once had. I mean, it's just, oh, you just left really deflated. After the week he's had, it's not been a good week for Cross. So here's to the future. Let's just hope it gets better from here. Apart from that though, this week's NXT is going to get an up because I thought it was great. All the other stuff was fantastic. It's just all the Cross stuff in isolation isn't working for anybody really. It's just hurt the performer. It's hurt the belt. It's hurt everything, including my soul. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.